Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning and welcome to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker, your host. And this program is, of course, as you always know, dedicated to providing you advice and, and, and I think assisting you in this confusing financial world where you're exposed to so much information, we're going to try to help you develop your financial roadmap. Over the next hour, we'll serve as a trainer, a coach, uh, you know, a confessor, whatever you want us to do. We're here to assist you really in helping your, you achieve your financial dreams and desires. Talk Money is all about you making good financial decisions, whether it's about health care, stocks and bonds, insurance, just overall financial advice. As you know, we are all about everything financial. Our guest always brings insights and perspectives about their expertise, and we'll find out more about that in just a moment. But here's some information for you. You know, you've been listening about, I mean, face it, the whole idea behind the Paris Climate Agreement and President Trump deciding that we're going to step away from that. Is that political news or economic news? Well, I think you'll find that it'll be political news quite a bit for the next couple of days. Not much economic news at this point. We'll have to let the summer play out over the next couple of months and see just how important that becomes. I know it was a campaign promise, and I think if uh, he is living up to keeping his promises, that's a good thing. But again, is it economic or is it political? We'll find out more over the next several months. By the way, the feds look like they will be raising rates in June. Likely, they're going to do some uh, change over the rate or the, um, the, 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 the actual uh, Fed rate. But here's the thought for you. I mean, I was looking yesterday. We're looking at the 30-year mortgage. Uh, it's a, a low, very low, low, low rate at this point. So if you're thinking about refinancing your house this summer, now is not a bad time to do that. Well, here's the thought that I want to make sure you understand. A lot of times you develop a strategy. Here's the thought. You develop a strategy for the summer months. I mean, whether it's when do you take the kids uh, out in the in the heat? How much sunscreen do you put on? Well, it's a it's a hot summer in Memphis and the mid south. You develop a strategy. You walk through that process for those three months. Well. Today, my guest, Michael Powell, we're going to talk about how to go about developing a strategy for your financial future. Now, that's you think about it, there's a lot to that. And why is that strategy important? Well, that's going to be the subject in the first half. In the second half, we're going to talk about core values that you need to think about when you're doing that strategy. So very important to listen to today's program because we're going to talk about how we help you Think about developing a strategy, not for the summer months and sunscreen, but for your financial future. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to KWAM 990. We'll be back right after this.
podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs, it's what we do. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Jim Shoemaker and Michael Powell are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer and member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. Talk Money is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm. Estate planning, elder law, and probate planning for all generations. That is the Bailey Law Firm. You know, just a thought for you. You know, I was talking about developing a strategy. You know, the idea of a strategy for the summer. Now, the reality is, here's something about the investment world. An annual survey recently done by the University of Memphis, excuse me, University of Michigan, close, hey, you know, what can I say? University of Michigan. This survey, and I think they always do a lot with consumers, but this one I thought really spoke because Americans at least age 65 give the U.S. stock market uh, about 50% chance of rising in the upcoming year. Um, the problem is, over the last 12 months, excuse me, last 12 years, uh, that's been the case. So there is this, we have consumer optimism, yet there is this pessimistic mindset. And so I think that's what we struggle with. Now, if you're with me and you think about it, it's May, school's out, you got to plan for the summer, you got vacations going, you got the summer, when are we going to play, when are we going to work? I mean, do you work in the heat of the day if you're outside or do you try to start early in the morning? Well, that's a strategy. And we do that every year in Memphis and the Mid-South. Why? Because we expect something like August to be in the 90s and high humidity. Well, if we do that type of strategic planning, why in the world don't we do the same thing when it comes to something much more important, and that is our financial life? Well, my guest Michael Powell here is going to help us walk through some some things and some ideas behind reasons, you might say, why we need to do some strategy and some strategy planning, some strategic planning. So, Michael, welcome to the program, sir. Good morning, Jim. Thanks for having me. You know, uh, this morning, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a thought about doing something that, that no mother or, or no dad would consider sending their young children out to play without thinking about the day. Am I right? That's right. And, and I think most of us would do that. If we're going to take a trip, and let's say it's a vacation trip, we're not just going to jump in the car and drive around I-240 for a couple of times and decide which exit to take and and just go. We wouldn't dare do that. First of all, we'd run out of gas pretty quick, and we went, where are we going to end up? It'd be exciting, though. It would be, <laughs> for the kids, maybe, after yeah. a while. But the reality is most of us go through a process of strategically thinking 
about the summer. When are we going to take our vacation? we got to put that in. Where are we going? How much is it going to cost? And, and are we going to visit friends, or is it going to be a family time? Is it going to be Disney World, you know, that type of stuff? Well, all of that is so important. And, I mean, I understand that. that. I've done that. I've been there many, many times. But yet when it comes to thinking financially, at looking at things strategically in our financial world, it's so easy to procrastinate. Why is that, do you think? I mean, you see people like that. You you introduce to people like that every day yeah. who walk into the office and they say, well, I, I, I yeah, um, mm, well, you know, they got that. And it just didn't think about it. Most people are just short minded, I think, with or short term, short term minded. Thinking about the vacation yeah. this year, this year, next year. You could year. have said short minded and talking to me, but <laughs> but I'm thinking some clients, they would appreciate that. But I, I mean, I could go and ask. 10 of my clients right now, what they're going to be doing in the next 10 years, and none of them could probably give me a clear answer. It would be very answer. difficult. I, even I myself probably couldn't tell you that. Now, <laughs> but, I read the statistic about the 65-year-old being pessimistic, and uh, I think you're a millennial, and you've got, you know, that young generation. Are they as pessimistic as my age group? Uh, I would say so in some degree, but not really. Okay. Since they just, I, I guess they have more of a mindset of way farther down the timeline. I got way more time to work with. I got a lot more with. time to work yeah, with. Yeah, so I think it's, from that perspective, it's more optimistic there. All right, we're talking about reasons, real reasons why someone should develop a financial strategy. Now, again, you and I take this for granted, but I know our listeners need to write these things down, and I want to give them an opportunity to understand we're going to go through several, not sure how many we'll cover today, but several reasons to write down your financial plan, to to not just dream about it, not just think about it, but literally put down some ideas about what you're trying to accomplish with your financial world. So number one, give me the first one that you thought about it, you talk with clients about. This is probably the most disregarded one, the one that's the most ignored, but to help protect yourself against financial risks. Okay. This is something that not a lot of people want to think about because this is when bad things happen in their life, mm. especially on the financial side. And nobody can control those things, but you can help leverage those things with certain things. Mm. Um, one of the things is suffering from a potential financial loss, whether it be a job loss, a car wreck, a health issue, a you know, just change the scenery altogether, but not in a good way, of course. Okay, so let me, I, I think I have a, a good example of that that was personal for us. Now, uh, at the office, I'm driving to work one day, I get a phone call from a guy, and he says, uh, man, there's something going on around our building, we're not sure. And I said, okay, fine, and next he hung up and he called me right back and he said, it's the building, it's on fire. Uh Wow. I mean, Uh-oh. you know, I, I guarantee you the day before when we locked the doors and walked out, no one thought about a fire. But there was a storm. We've had some storms here recently in Memphis. We're noted for having some pretty good storms. And uh, it struck by lightning and started a fire. And next thing you know, we have a, a, a damaged, very severely fire damage and water damage from from the Germantown Fire Department, which are doing their job, but we had to go through a process of almost two years. That's risk. That's yeah. risk that we knew, but we would have never in a million years thought that it would be happening to us. Why, does, why do we do that? Why do we think that way? 
You don't want to think in that way, of course. You don't want to think, oh, what if the, what if the office burns down when I go home today? <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. Nobody thinks in that regard, but I think it's our job as advisors to really open that door up, not necessarily to scare them, but just to give them an idea that that could happen, and you need to protect yourself in that regard. Because, I, I mean, I could go home today, and I may not show up on Monday. Yeah, right. i, I got to realize that if I have a family... Uh, people that are dependent on me, I need to make sure that I'm protecting myself in all aspects. Well, we talked about, you said some rich, that's a job loss, that's always, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, illness, injury, death, you know, fire, lawsuits. I mean, you don't think about a lawsuit. I can remember. Yeah, we were talking about yeah, that on the way up here. Yeah, just a guy that uh, gets sued because his teenage son uh, hit somebody uh, in Memphis. Accident, not a, not, but it was uh, proved to be negligent, and it was a very big huge lawsuit mm-hmm. uh, that he lost. And it was a financial devastation to this particular friend of mine that with his son. That family was never the same. I mean, you know, both families were injured in this situation. So I think what we're trying to say is when you think of a strategy, your first reason to have a strategy is what ifs. The, the, what if this happened? What if that happened? How do I manage around that? Right. Okay, all right, that's great. Number one, we talked about help you protect yourself and your family against financial risk or health risk. What all those things could happen. What's number two, Michael? Eliminating personal debts. That's probably one of the biggest goals people have is getting rid of their mortgage or getting rid of their student loans or getting rid of credit card debt. That is something that's more overwhelming and in their face more than anything because they can't avoid it. Because if you can't pay something off, you got somebody knocking on your door that's going to scare you. You know, that's exactly but, right. And, and first thing you know, it enhampers ha- you from doing things you want to do because yes. you can't because of your financial purpose. That, I understand that. I know Mike David Ram- Ramsey, uh, Dave Ramsey do- talks about that in the shows coming up after the, this program. And that's been his mandate since he started, basically, is get out of debt. And I don't know if this has come from him or something, but I know we've heard owning money. Uh, owing money or owning money, yes. and you want to own the money. You don't yes. want to owe money. You want to go from red to black <laughs> on your balance sheet. That's right. And That's black right. is always a good thing. And, and it's a process. I yes, mean, it, it is. You know, a lot, of, a lot of people in your age group comes out of college, they've got debt, they've got to work themselves out of debt, or they've got their first mortgage, and they, you know it's a, it's a heavy mortgage or whatever, because they couldn't put a lot of money down. So it is a matter of sitting down and just making a mental picture of where do I look financially? And you use the great visual, red or black, and start trying their best to get out of the red. Yes, exactly. And I think most of the time with the debt, it kind of lets you procrastinate on to other things that you want to do just because you want to take care of that so much. That's good. And you just don't think about the other things that you're ended up needing to do. And but it's kind of too late when you just way on one particular task. Well, that's a great point. You use the term procrastinate. I mean, if, you, if you're so heavily in debt or you have debt, and you know that's what you've got to take, you just quit thinking about doing the other things. Mm-hmm. That's a great, great point. The faster you eliminate that personal debt, the faster you can accumulate assets for whatever else you want to do, second home, vacations, retirement, whatever you're trying to bill for, but you've got to eliminate that. So you're saying the, the second strategy that you're thinking about, or the second reason for a strategy is to understand your debt involvement, where are you, and then work yourself out of it. Don't allow it to continue to accumulate. Because most people don't realize that financially, if debt is becoming something permanent in your life, it does become a permanent problem Mm -hmm. in your life, and that can keep you from doing anything else 
that you want to do financially. Right. And just learning how to do it efficiently, not necessarily getting it done overnight, but efficiency is the way to go in this. I know the third reason that we talked about in preparation for the program, you actually, I think about this with you, being a millennial, this is what, I mean, here I am at my age, this is one that I'm thinking about all the time. Yeah. But for you, it's like, you know, it's no big deal, but this is a strategy or a part of a strategy. Why you need a strategy? Uh, go ahead and tell our listening audience what it is. I mean, I think it's critical they know. Because you might live a very, very long time. <laughs> Longevity has been a huge risk for most people. Well, you know, I mean, when I started in the business, I say this all the time. If we got to 72, 73, 75 for somebody in the planning area when we were working through a plan back in the late 70s, that was good. I mean, you know, 1975, if I had someone that was going to retire and I said, okay, you'll live to be, you'll retire at 65 and live to be maximum. I mean, we'd say 72, but maximum would be 75. Wow. And everybody would say, that's fine. And that was kind of, okay, that's no problem. Today, we're now seeing 90 and we actually are now beginning to project to 100. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, We don't have a choice. People are actually living much longer than they did just 20, 30, 40 years ago. And that's, that's a huge, huge risk. That is a huge risk. It's, I mean, along with the uh, financial risk we just talked about, longevity is one of those that more people in your generation are thinking about, especially when they retire. They think about, how long am I going to live and am I going to outlive my money? Mm. And just making sure that your lifestyle and the things that you've saved up for in the past is really going to match up with what you're doing moving forward. Well, you think about if I'm going to live out, live my money, the reality that you're saying, and I know it's critical for people to understand when why you need a strategy is if I do live a long time, what's a long time? I mean, and we're saying mm-hmm. 30 to 40 years after retirement. Yeah, a third of your life. A third. That's right. Exactly. That's the key I wanted to get across is people don't think about that. It's it's no. it's it's a mindset it's real. We see the numbers. We see the statistics. But I honestly tell you, it's difficult for people to to grasp that when we're talking to them. They just don't think that I'm going to be around when I'm 90. And I got yet- a grandfather that turns 95 in August. And I'm looking at my me like, I yeah. live to 105? Yeah, there or, you go. And as long as you know, stay healthy and do the right things. I mean, obviously, there's other factors that can cause you to die prematurely, but... Yeah, it's, it's all crazy. that can happen. We oh, never yeah. know the future. But right. what you're saying with this part now, we talked about, you know, why do you need a strategy? Reason number one, you want to protect you and your family against financial risk. Number two, you want to eliminate personal debt. And boy, those are two basic fundamentals. But the third one is that you might live a long, long time. I know we need to tell people today, and I want you to understand as I'm talking to you, that the reality is you need to think 90 to 95, that is a third of your financial life. I mean, mm-hmm. we want to say that is the third. And you got the years of education, the years of earnings, and then the years of spending what you've earned and set aside. And people have to put that in their strategy. You cannot, you know, it's like you get all the way to Disneyland and or Disney World in Orlando. You get there, you enjoy life, you have a great time, it's a week, but you didn't plan on how to get home. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. That's what people do, you know, and that's what we have to help people understand is you got to get home. You got to finish strong and finishing strong is not running out of money. And I know that's a fear for a lot of people. Yes, Absolutely. especially in our generation. Absolutely. When more and more resources are well, here's going number, away. Here's a, here's a thought for you. Now, there's another one here. Give me another thought here. 
about why we need to do some strategy. And then we're going to take a break in a second. But I really want this one to become, I think it's so important for a lot of us to think about. And we, we do, but we don't. Paying for college. Paying for college. Preparing to pay for college. Whether it's a grandparent, parent, or the kid out of pocket, that's one of the biggest expenses that's going to come up for a, a child, especially in their first 18 years. Of life. You know, I mean, we think about that. And, and again, I, I think it's even bigger than that, Michael, because I think people sometimes don't realize, and I'll help you with this, uh, Gil could probably help us with this too, is the reality is uh, kids cost money. Yes, they do. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're not free. Uh, you got medical costs. You got, you know, the, the clothing, education just the stuff. I mean, I was reading somewhere the other day that just to play soccer, if you're going to play competitive soccer in the city of Memphis, it's costing you, you know, it's going to cost you some money. Uh, if you're going to play competitive baseball, if you're going to play we were talking, a sport, I was talking about that, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, it's expensive to, to rear a child in Memphis in the Mid-South. And yet, at the same time, we have to think about that. So do you set aside money when you first get married or... You know, or do you buy the 60-inch, you know, big screen and the big pickup truck with the big... What do you buy? How do you think about it? Well, we're saying as guys that help people all the time with their financial world, their financial strategies in life, is that uh, preparing to have children is not just college education. As you brought it out, it's very important because you've got to provide that for a child. If that child wants to go, can go, you need to provide some of that cost if you can but the other part of it, just preparing the fact that children cost money. Yes, they do. And, and think about the beginning years of daycare and all these other things like that all the way up to college. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be— I read a statistic recently, and I guess the cost of income of, you know, for a family, if you got a baby that was born uh, within the last 10 years, I think it was you know, some of the last 10 years, it cost about $483,000 to get that child to 17. That's a lot of money. And uh, people don't. That's going to add up real quick. You want a you want a real way to control birth control? That's a way to you know, put everybody. Say here's the number to you know. But that's a reality. Is it's a critical thought when you look at a financial strategy for any family to allocate a certain amount of ma- of cash flow to manage the expenses and uh, you know the the whole idea for their children, the accomplishing the goals for their children. Yes, they've got to think about that. And that's mm-hmm. that's preparing for risk that you may be taking, for getting out of debt, to planning for retirement. All that's a part of why you have to think about doing some reasons for a strategy. When we come right. back, we're going to find out a little bit more. This guy's loaded with tons of information. You may not know what it costs to have a wedding, but uh, it's not cheap if you happen to be the dad of the bride. You're going to have to pay for that. Maybe buying a car for that child. Maybe helping the child buy a home. We're going to talk more about that. Maybe you've got to buy a home. You're planning for that. You're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. My guest is Michael Pommel. We're talking about reasons why you need to have a strategy. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. 
This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time. It is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding any funds or stocks in particular, nor should it be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You are listening to Talk Money. My guest, Michael Powell, we're talking about reasons why you need a strategy, a financial strategy. If you had taken a trip, you wouldn't dare leave without having some kind of a plan. When you get there, you'd want the plan to get you back. All those things we do, we don't even think about it. I mean, you plan where you're going to stay. You plan what you're going to do. But when it comes to planning for our financial life, we have a tendency to kind of procrastinate, as Michael was telling us earlier, and we kind of get into the process of thinking about it. In fact, the Federal Reserve has put out something that I think is extremely important. 11% of college student loans are at least 90 days delinquent, and that's as of at the end of March. Now, 3.8% of auto loans are at least 90 days delinquent. Uh, Here's the thought for you. They're not going to come get your college education. They can't take that away from you. Uh, but this delinquent thought process is, uh, is, is a per loan basis. I mean, people are are delinquent and they're not paying it. They, you can't, they will come get your car if you don't pay that debt. So here's the thought. We're moving through this process of buying something where maybe we're not planning. Maybe we don't have a strategy how we're going to pay it back. Student loans within four years of graduating from college, 69% of individuals with student loans were making regular payments on the debt. 17% had fully repaid the debt, and 9 were making no percent, 9%. So that tells me that, again, comes from the National Association of College and Universities. 69% said, hey, I feel an obligation. Now, here's my concern. What happens to that other 31% that said, hi, I wonder what I'm, I'm not going to pay that back. Well, that's why we're talking about strategy. That's why we're talking about why do you need to work through some type of formal, written down strategic plan for your financial life. We talked about cost of raising children, $483,000. You know, if you've got 17 years to go, you know, that's about, that's stage 17. College cost. If you're going to go to college uh, in state, you know, that's a private school is 500000 uh, in state school is about two hundred and fifty thousand. Um, wow! I mean, you got to do some thinking about that, Michael. You can't just wait till you know fifteen or sixteen to think they're going to get a scholarship. They're going to yeah. play, you know, football, baseball. They're going to be in the band or something. You got to do some planning. You got to start earlier. But here's a thought for you. I had two weddings to plan when I was uh, at that point with my children. And, I, of course, I know weddings today, you know, it's kind of being a shared thing. I mean, mine, mm-hmm. it was the bride's parents, and I said, okay, that we can do that. And we had planned for it, and you know, from a strategic standpoint. But people forget that an average wedding today for the bride can, according to tiethenot.com, it's $28,000, and, Ooh. you know, that's an expense. And, yeah. uh, you know, now, again, a lot of times the bride and the groom are sharing it or the parents, are, are, you know, both both parties are sharing it. But it is, um, 
It is a cost if you're going to do that type of wedding. That's a heck of a weekend. Yes, it is. Yes, it, but it's an important weekend. <laughs> it is, yeah. Now, I kind of said, I'll pay for one, that's it. I'm done. You know, that's the, that was the rule. Buying a car, people know that if you're going to buy a car, you ought to plan for it. We always tell people, do the best you can to buying paying cash for a car. Mm-hmm. Dave Ramsey says, have a strategy to pay cash for a car. If you can't, you maybe ought to look at whether or not you accept dealer financing. Be careful with this zero down, you know, uh, zero interest. Just be sure you read all the fine print and ask some tough questions before you buy a car. Because a lot of times the hidden, its cost is hidden somewhere in there and you're going to pay for it. But you've got to pay for it with a note. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how are you going to pay for it for, I know, me, a three-year note's a long time. Some people now buying a car, and it's a six-year note. Mine's and on a five. Five-year note. I mean, that's a that's a long time, yeah. I'll probably pay it off before, before then. that. Yeah, I, I, but I encourage you to anyway. I like my cash with me. Yes. <laughs> necessarily. Owing, tied up in a car. Owing and owning. I, I appreciate that. Right. Definitely. So buying a home, uh, I mean, you know, when is it appropriate for someone to step out and buy a house. When, when do you think about that? Hmm. Good cash flow, number one. Okay. I mean, if you're bad with a budget or you're already trying to make ends meet on every other thing, I mean, it may not be the best option because people just think of their mortgage and they think of maybe some other home maintenance stuff. But there's so many other things that add on to it as far as expenses go by just buying a house and also just having a lump sum set aside to put a down payment on that. I can remember my first home, and you, Michael, you're you're right on track. You buy a house, uh, then you got to buy a lawnmower, and then you, I mean, it's first thing you know, you you know, just you're buying a lot of stuff, not mm-hmm. just the house and furniture. For, don't even go there. Kitchen supplies, yeah, all that stuff. But but I think people need to again plan for that and think through that process. It's not just a let's go buy a house. You know, it's a it's a, it needs to be a process. And so many people, I know they say they do that. I know they do. I mean, I've had people say, well, we thought through this process. But we have a tendency to see a house that maybe is more than we can afford. And it, we didn't have that plan. We didn't think through the plan. You know, and, and you say, well, and, and of course, the real estate agent's going to show you to the maximum of your budget, sometimes even more. You need to think about that. If you say we can buy, I'm just using a number, $100,000 home. Don't get caught up in buying a $200,000 home just because it looks better. I and, promise you a $200,000 home is going to look more better, look better than a, than a 100000 But the reality is be careful. And just because the mortgage company approves you for X amount doesn't mean you have to spend X spend amount. Them. Exactly, exactly. Number Another one here, I, I like this, is being able to retire because this is obviously important for a lot of people, a lot of listeners. Uh, in style, that's number one, and – with what you want to do in your in your retirement. In other words, I really want to retire when, and it could be whatever age, in style with what, what I want to do. I don't want to be tied to not being able to do things. How do you put, put somebody through that process, Michael? Well, there's three factors with that, and we talked about one of them earlier is living a long time, so figuring out how long we're going to live. Obviously, we don't know that answer, but we can at least plan for a long, long time. Right what our lifestyle is going to be like. I mean, most people are not going to go from a $100,000 income lifestyle to a $30,000 lifestyle income. Good point. It's too much of a dramatic shift for someone to do, and you're not going to sit at home, watch the cars drive by, and eat beanie weenies. (laughs) I mean, if if you've already been used to doing all the things that you've been doing, like traveling, going to see grandkids, all these other things. I heard it put me one time, the guy says, well, I've been watching the 60-inch flat screen HD TV. 
I'm not going to go back to a 12-inch black and white. No. And I get that. That's a visual that I can see. Yes, exactly. So lifestyle is a big thing. And also just figuring out when that day is going to come. And you got to figure out a whole lot of factors with that, especially with how how's my insurance going to be? How much have I saved up to do a bunch of big expenses I've already thought about? What's my income going to be from Social Security? There's so many different factors that we have to think about with it. So you can't just walk in your office and give them a two weeks notice and say, hey, I'm done. I mean, you got to at least take a look back at it and make sure that you're making the right decision before you just go ahead and pull the trigger. You know, Kurt Jarnowski last week, we were talking about Social Security, and, and he, he made a comment, and he talks about this a lot, that only 20% of retirees earn more than $50,000 a year. So 80% of the people that are retired today earn less than $50,000 a year, and that's the problem. I mean, they, this, they didn't plan to, to live with just that, and they were living, they were making more than that, and what you're saying is going from the 60-inch screen TV to the black and white. They don't think about that. They've got to plan. That's an important strategy, and you can't do away with that. People just should get more involved in their planning. Look at their pensions or Social Security. Don't just depend on that. Uh, we've always said that planning for retirement is a three-legged stool. I mean, Social Security, as you know, being mm-hmm. number one, and people always need to think about that. Number two is the 401k plan or a pension plan or something that adds to that. And then number three, which is critical for anybody, is the third part. That is their personal savings. Mm-hmm. That's the part you're talking about. Right. And now pensions are gone away. Oh, yeah. So it's a 401k plan. And Social Security, especially for my generation, it's just a big, dark cloud that we're not really sure about. <laughs> so. I mean, it's not. I'm not saying that it's not going to be there. It's going to be a whole lot different. But at the same time, I plan with most millennials or most people in my age that it's not even going to be there. So it's just gravy on top. Yeah, yeah. If they get to that point, so it's just being an aggressive saver as much as you can. That way, you plan for the worst but hope for the best. Well, when we come back, I want to dive into some things that I think so many people forget, and that is, what does a planner help you do? I know some, sometimes we think, well, it's with the numbers, or maybe it's just as we've gone through helping develop the strategy, but there's some, there's some core values. So mm-hmm. when we come back, I want you to go through some thoughts about what is the core values of a good advisor helping a client who's trying to develop the strategies. All right? All right. We'll be back in just a minute. Stay with us because you're listening to Talk Money on KWAM 990. Questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. The winter of 1811-1812 proved to be a tumultuous time in the Mid-South in more ways than one. From the middle of December to the beginning of February, the Missouri Boot Hill was struck violently by a series of powerful earthquakes along the new Madrid Fault. With an affected area of over 1 million square miles, these were the most powerful earthquakes to hit the eastern United States in history, including the 1906 San Francisco earthquake, which covered only 6,200 square miles. The town of New Madrid itself was destroyed. The Mississippi River flowed backwards for 24 hours, forming Real Foot Lake, and as far away as Boston and Toronto, 
The shaking was intense enough to cause the church bells to ring and chimneys to fall over in Maine. At the request of Governor William Clark, federal disaster relief was granted by the government for the first time. Had those earthquakes occurred today, they could have caused one of the greatest economic disasters in the history of the United States. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money, as you know, is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm. Estate planning, elder law, and probate planning for all generations. And I want to thank them. They're one of our key players in what we do and the fact that they're able to help you move through a lot of those questions that you have when it comes to setting down and planning for retirement or working through your estate. It's all about elder law. The Mac Bailey Law Firm, Mac Bailey and his team, spends a lot of time with you, answers a lot of questions, and we're proud to have them as one of our sponsors. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax and or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax and or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax and or legal situation. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. You know, I know some of the biggest problems that we face sometimes financially is the realization, I guess you might say, that we need to think strategically. I know it's not easy to do. We get so busy. I mean, it, it, we work, we've got kids, and, and thinking strategically is a uh, is tough when it comes to a financial, your own personal. You may do it at work every day. You may do it in, in helping your kids get through school and all those things you're thinking about. And But the last thing we do is look at our own personal financial life and and think, well, I got to do this. Now, I'm not talking about buying car insurance. Of course, we said earlier that that's a financial risk, but we have a tendency to do that. Or maybe we don't even think twice about making sure we have health insurance. But how do you put this process together? Well, Michael Powell's with me, and we've been going through several reasons, and I'll kind of give you that outline one more time. Financial risk, helping your family and yourself face and understand financial risk. And and we talked about job loss, illness, injury, death, even lawsuits. We gave some examples about that. Personal debt, making sure that, you know, that your mindset should be from owing money to owning money. We covered that side. So get out of debt. That's important. Be prepared. You may live longer than you thought. I mean, Michael even gave us an idea of his own grandfather living today at 95 years old. Bless his heart. Way to go. That's great, Michael, for him. Tell him I said congratulations. I will do it. But the reality is prepare for a much longer life then your parents, or especially your grandparents, lived because we're looking now at a third of your life being after retirement. Paying for the cost of raising children, whether it's you know just the home, or it's a cost. I mean, we found the statistics at four hundred and eighty-three thousand. That's the U.S. Department of Agriculture put that out that a baby born in the last decade will cost an income of four hundred and eighty-three thousand. Dollars. I mean, that's enormous. And paying for college education, private or you know, state schools, it's very expensive. Personal weddings, buying a car, buying your first home, all those things, or buying your second home, all those things strategically you need to think about. And then we said being able to retire when and in style the way you want to retire. Now, I've asked Michael to help me go through some core values, some thoughts. Now, here, this is important for you to understand. We're not just going through this to say, okay, there's the strategy, but Michael's going to help me go through some core values of what a financial advisor 
would provide for you if you're going to go through this financial strategic mindset, the whole idea of working something strategically for your finances. So, Michael, I know what I think of from what I would expect anybody in the office to do, anybody that's calling themselves a financial advisor, what is the first thing that they need to understand as a core value for the client? Being organized. What does that mean? That's 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 so simple for you to say, but but that's hard. Well, as you get older, and you know this just by th- living throughout your life, you're going to accumulate more and more stuff and junk throughout your whole life. Mm. Whether it's stuff at your house, financially, changing jobs, you got a lot of different things, moving parts going on. Uh, when I have a lot of people come in for the first time, their stuff is everywhere. I got an old 401k here. I have multiple documents there. I mean, it's it's just all scattered. Mm-hmm. And mainly, I think one of the most clarifying things for us is being able to just tell them, like, hey, let's let's get all this stuff in order. We may not change any savings or uh, budget right now, but at least they know where everything is. And if something happens to them, their spouse or loved ones can take care of it instead of having to scramble everywhere. You know, we've developed something in the office just to help people do that. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the... The military records of someone, the social security records of some it's uh, the, the wills, the trusts, the former employment, anything that's important. You're talking about a document because to some people, you're right, it's everywhere. I mean, they just they think they've got it, but something happens to somebody who says, well, it's in the chester drawer in the closet upstairs and behind the deal, mm-hmm. you know, and, the, and the, the spouse is looking for it and they can't find it. In fact, we've had people to come in and say, you know, I just found this document and dad's been dead a year and a half. And But this document was important. And so it is important for someone, a good advisor, to help a client get organized. Birth certificates are so critical. They don't fit. Passports. Yes. All those things. So we have a, a system for that. So organize. What's number two? Accountability. It's kind of like being a a coach of some sort as us advisors. I mean, it, you don't look at it for like a fitness coach or a doctor or something like that. But, I mean, we really are. A I financial mean, coach. A financial coach. That's good. Because if I want to lose weight, I'm going to have an accountability partner to make sure that I'm eating the right things. I'm going to do my routine exercises. Just for the record, I just need to make sure everybody knows, since this is not television, Michael does not have to lose weight. Just let you know, Michael. You <laughs> so know, far. You're doing great. You're doing great. But now, he was looking at me when he said that. That's no, the difference. No, 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 no. But you look at it from that angle, and some people just don't have the discipline to do certain things without someone pushing them. Not necessarily like... Not know, like hounding. Push, no, not hounding. But, 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 but just guiding and yeah. nudging a little bit. Cheering them on. We always need a little sure. nudging. I mean, I can yeah. remember if you're working out, I had a coach that was in my ear. You know, he was letting me know if I'm doing this wrong or doing that wrong. So that's what you're talking about. Somebody who's nudging or coaching or giving you the assistance to move to your objectives. And there's probably about 85 to 90% of the things that I recommend clients do. I can help them do it without them having to do so much. But there's certain parts that I can't control right i can't write the checks for you i can't go do the things that i don't I, i'm not licensed to do but when i point them in the right direction that's on them and i have to make sure that they're staying on that but you're guiding but i'm you're guiding nudging. them what they're doing okay so you talked about helping and get organized see i see that as probably one of the most important things we do i, I think so and too. then accountability that to me it, 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 it anybody can fig, figure out working a strategy but then the strategy that we talked about earlier is having someone accountable, helping them be accountable to complete the strategy. Mm-hmm. That's good. What's the third one? Objectivity. 
That's good. I like that because that's meaning we, we step back and look at the big picture with the client. Yeah, and that's all we are to clients is a third-party point of view on things and looking at it from the outside perspective saying, hey, look, have you thought about this or what's what's your reasoning behind this? And they have this, this mindset that's very close-minded. Mm. And when we bring up new ideas and new things, then it just makes... Like, for example, like I know my mom and dad give me a lot of advice and there's for them. may or may not listen to it all the time. But if I have someone else from an outside perspective tell me the same thing, I may it may relate to me more by by hearing it from someone else that I'm not really close to rather than someone that I see every day. You know, that's that's a critical part. And, you know, one of the things that I see with a lot of clients being the fact that we're being objective, if the market becomes very volatile. And our objectivity is to say, we've been here before. We understand this, what's going on with the volatility. So we're trying to help them get through a decision that becomes very emotional a lot mm-hmm. of times. And we're trying to guide them through that emotionally driven decision in a money situation that we've experienced. Maybe we're never, it's not our money they're dealing with, but we try to put our shoe, ourselves in their shoes as if it was our money. Right. And so guiding. Excuse me, guiding them through the process of being available to consult with them, um, listen to them. A lot of times we do nothing but listen. Let's let just, them vent. Let, let them tell us what's going on. But I think finances are probably the most emotional thing to people besides their health. I think that would probably be it. I agree with that 100%. I know a lot of times, too, we do a lot of research, and we do the research necessary that, that's what a, that's what an advisor should do. Enough research that's necessary to help the client have the information they need to make an informed, non-emotional decision. Right. So that's that objectivity that you're talking about. I, I thoroughly think that is, I really think that's one of the most important things we do. So you've covered three things: helping a client with their organization, knowing where everything is. Number two, being accountable, helping them stay accountable on what they've said. If we develop the strategy that you talked about earlier, then helping them complete the strategy, stay on track, and then avoiding some of this emotional uh, decision-making things that we get into. So being objective. What's the fourth thing that you would tell a client? Proactivity. Now that tell me what that means. I mean that. It's, this means a lot of things to a lot of people, so help me with that. Well, throughout life, obviously, we don't know everything that's going to happen. But with certain things, we help you anticipate life transitions, financially being prepared for those, having that strategy for those big bills that come up, just making sure that with those things that come along, along the way, that we're somewhat prepared for them being proactive with that, especially for financial risk. Mm. I mean, no one's going to prepare for that financial risk until it happens most of the time, but we're there to tell them, hey, you need to make sure it's there. Mm-hmm. Especially like the it's back good. to the trip example. It's saying, okay, well, if we go down the road and we get all the way to Mobile, Alabama on our way to Orlando and tire goes flat, what are we going to do? We made sure that we had a spare tire there ready to go. So, so proactive, you put the spare tire before in we before go to the we take yeah, that's, that's exactly. Yeah. I, I think what you're saying is creating the action plan yes. that's necessary to address and manage something that's out there before it actually happens. Right. Very good example. You got plan A, B, and C. There you go. That's great. What's the next one? The next step as far as proactivity, you said that's important. We've talked about objectivity, but the next one is is educating people. And I want you to really help me with that because sometimes people wonder what education means. This is one of the more underrated parts of this. I agree. Because most of the time, if I go to the doctor and they tell me I need something, 
I'm just going to listen to them and not really think about it. Not get, and I'm sometimes I, I fault myself for that, not asking more questions. But I think it's the same thing with financial planning. Sometimes is we get recommended things to do, we go ahead and do them, and down the road that we don't educate ourselves enough to explain it to the person next door. And I think our jobs as advisors is to really educate those people, educate our clients on what they need to be doing, why they need to be doing it, and the reasons behind that, instead of just doing it and moving on. Oh, I, and not you're about so it. great with that. I think becoming a partner with them, really, really realize, helping them understand that we're putting our sleeve in the ring or two. We're locking arms with them. We're going to walk you through, help you through this financial process that you've worked a lifetime to develop. Well, you've been listening to Michael Powell. Now, let me go over some of the things he said. We've talked about thinking about why you need a strategy. Well, he said, number one, financial risk. Number two, help you get out of debt, knowing what to do there. You may live a long time. How do you plan for that? The cost of raising children, whether it's just the normal cost of everyday care from birth to age 17, but then you've got to add in two other things, college education and the cost of a child's wedding. Those are things that you've got to be thinking about. How about buying your first home? Always important. And those are thoughts that you need to think through before It just happens. So, Michael, you've done a great job with that. And then, of course, planning for retirement when and in the style, where, all those things. What do you want to do with retirement? That's important. And then, Michael, you went right into giving us the reasons why an advisor needs to be a part of this strategy. Yes. And I think that was key. Organization, helping a person get organized, accountability, objectivity, proactivity, education, and wrapping your arms around them and helping them understand you are their partner. When it in comes, it to win it. In it to win it. There you go. It's not about the plan. It's about the results. That's so well done. Well, I appreciate you being with me today, Michael. Thank you so much. And uh, Michael Powell, of course, with Shoemaker Financial. You can reach him at 757-5757. A big thank you goes out to my producer and board operator, Gil Worth, guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner, production assistant, Eleanor Moskovich, compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong, Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier, written by Drew Johnson. We thank you for being with us this week, and thank you so much for being a regular to listener. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM 990. I'm Jim Shoemaker, helping you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker and Michael Powell are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer and member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.